TGI Friday on the Fun Astrology Podcast, which really today is setting up the eclipse. We'll do Merriman tomorrow, but we'll be thinking about the eclipse most of the day. Hi, Thomas Miller. Thanks so much for stopping back in here. We are going to keep talking about the eclipse. We discussed part A yesterday, so if you didn't hear that, you might go pick it up first, then come back here. We're going to pick up midstream, basically. So the path of this eclipse is it hits middle southern Oregon. This is a broad swath. You can look on maps online. There are bukus of them. Crosses through Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, and through Texas, and then kind of exits down there by, let's say, the Corpus Christi area. That's where you could see the full impact of it, but it is not a full eclipse. It's an annular eclipse or a partial eclipse, but it is going to be spectacular if you're in that path. I hope I don't have to tell anybody in this audience not to look at it. Enough said. Now, the duration is supposed to be 214 minutes, but again, you have to go check one of those sites. And EclipseWise is a really good site that has a lot of technical information about the eclipse. We were talking about the structure of the planets yesterday. I'm not going to regurgitate that. But today we have an exact aspect that we mentioned yesterday goes exact at 8.28 this morning Eastern, and that is Saturn trines Mars. So there's that water trine between Saturn in Pisces, Mars in Scorpio. See, I mentioned yesterday the benefics are more muted here, but here are the two malefic planets, Saturn and Mars, in a trine. You'd say, well, isn't that trine a positive of sorts? Well, depends. If it's mundane astrology and we know what's going on in the world, no, it could mean even more sinister. I don't know how that could happen, but I guess it is possible. Saturn, if you remember from yesterday, is the ruler of the eclipse because this is a Capricorn rising chart. Now, on our way out yesterday, we just briefly mentioned the Saros cycle. This is an astronomical cycle, a pattern, that goes all the way back to the Babylonians. They first observed it. They saw and put together what they didn't understand at the time was that these eclipses follow this 18-year cycle of the nodes of the moon. And if you want to dig down more on the phenomenon of an eclipse, I would suggest that you look at some of those sites or just search it up in Google. You can see the structure of what an eclipse is of the sun and moon's position relative to the nodes of the moon, which themselves are an intersection point where the moon crosses the Earth's orbit of the sun. So we know that the nodes come back to their original positions. Actually, it's every 18.6 years. Now, from here, it jumps off into the deep stuff. And there are some great websites online that explain this in great detail. There's a lot of geometry and cycles and synodic months and all this stuff that you have to dig through. But basically, what they did is they put these in groups of series. Within a series, there are a certain number of eclipses. Then the other factor is whether it springs off of the North Pole or the South Pole. So this eclipse on October 14th, tomorrow, is the 44th in series 134, and it is 7 South. So it comes from the South Pole. And that means that basically 7 South is that it originates on the South Node, the descending node, South. Well, we know how the South Node has been behaving of late, don't we? Mars crosses over it, and all of a sudden we're talking World War III and multi-nation involvement and nuclear activity and all of this. That's the magnitude of what we're talking about here. 
plus the two malefics are activated, the two benefics are more subdued, Mars is on the midheaven, Saturn rules the chart at the moment of the eclipse. Then let's go back through this list we mentioned yesterday. So these are the last few in this same series, 134. We could go back to 1915. That was about one year after World War I began in the summer of 1914. The next one was 1933. That was in the first third, I guess the first decanate of the Great Depression. The 1951 eclipse was 15 months after the Korean War began in 1950. 1969, we mentioned, was highlighted by the protests against the Vietnam War. The next one after that was 1987, and that was three weeks before the great Black Monday crash of October 19, 1987. And then the one after that was 2005, and that was about 18 months or so before the big recession that started in late 2007. Now, this is the stuff of South Notes, because you basically heard a theme there of either war or economic challenge. Now, around here, we've done pretty good looking back at past history. We did really good with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn in January of 2020. That's an epic period shift that goes back in history to 1284 was the bat furthest back that I traced it. But it is a big, major shift in the whole world. And here we are. The one that is still unfolding, and it is still unfolding, is the Saturn-Uranus squares that happened in 2021. But they've had a more delayed reaction. I think most financial astrologers, and myself included, I mean, I thought that that would happen sooner to 2021. But boy, is it still happening. Oh, it's there. We just haven't seen it fulfill yet. But even this nodal axis that we studied last time and this time, when the nodes change signs, have been pretty accurate going back and looking at the themes. This is the kind of work that Ray Merriman does. You go back and look at the cycles that are repeated as above, so below by astrology. Okay, I'm running too long. Let me wrap it up with this. Okay, so we're here. What do we do? And this has been a question that came my way a couple of times this week. Here's my thought. Like we talked about on Wednesday, you have to transcend just singing kumbaya and saying, oh, I stand for peace. That's a great start, and we do, but it has to be more than that. And for us, we need to stretch our spiritual muscles. We can absolutely create peace within our own environment. As we create it within, we can send it without. If you're available on Sunday nights, join us for our little level up that we've been doing for two and a half years now, almost, at 8 p.m. on Sunday evening Eastern Time. You can find it on the Fun Astrology YouTube channel, but that's what we do. We send out that peace and love to the universe. It's also become a tight group of people, and we need each other right now. But two things. When you're having one of those emotional days and you're really feeling the heaviness of the weight of all of this, Number one, take a bad day and give that to yourself. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to game up. Don't try to be who you're not. Don't try to act like the spiritual practice is the solution to everything. Sometimes you might need to go find a punching bag. Please do it at a gym, okay? <laughs> Just go find one at your local gym. Or go climb a hill. Or go run as fast as you can. Or go pedal a bicycle. Get it out of yourself physically. Then get some rest. But then the other thing is to frame up, I am willing to be of service when I am called. 
And that means that we're going to be at the cutting edge of whatever the changes are on the other side of this. Remember those Saturn-Pluto cycles? Things went from the Dark Ages back in 1284 to the Italian Renaissance. So let's just say the Renaissance is coming. We're going to be the portal there. We can expedite it. But you can't drag the stuff that you see in the corrupt halls of Congress and the fighting that's going on in the Middle East. You can't drag that into the Renaissance. So realize that you are not part of that. Realize that you have to watch it. It's what they do with the innocent that just hurts so much. But you have to separate from that and say that I am going to be of service to the Renaissance. That takes it out of yourself and puts it onto something bigger than yourself and myself. And that's where we get our juice. And that's where we're able to start to reframe things pretty quickly. Hope that helps. Merriman tomorrow, the eclipse tomorrow, do a ceremony and stand in that kind of love. I stand for service to the Renaissance. And I am giving you so much love and the biggest North Carolina bear hug you ever had, energetically. I'll see you back tomorrow and Monday. Bye-bye.